Welcome to the Breaking Through with Apollo podcast, hosted by Greg and Thomas Beckers. We're here to give you an inside look on the entertainment industry through the lens of an actor and a manager, and we're here to help you break through in your own career. Okay, we're here with Breaking Through with Apollo. I'm Greg. I'm Thomas. And today we're going to be talking about uh, headshot branding. All right, headshot branding. Always a very interesting topic. A lot Maybe of people... the most important thing uh, for, for an actor. Thank you for cutting me <laughs> off. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So a lot of actors think they know what branding is and what headshot branding is. And it's been my experience that 95% of actors have no clue on what to do with any of it. And what I mean by that is people think that branding is like, I'm a leading man or I'm an ingenue, or, I'm a supporting guy or I'm a character actor. Like that really isn't branding at all. In fact, it's incredibly far from branding. It's incredibly generic. So with that being said, what is branding? Um, well, branding is really the specific character types that you can play. So... I, it needs to be so specific that if I'm on the breakdowns, I can put a photo in there for the submission that fits the role exactly. Not that they have to do too much guesswork. Sometimes people are still operating, especially even agents and managers, honestly, are still operating in this belief that we're still working in the same way we were 10 years ago, which is just not true anymore. It's not anymore like have one shot where you look really good and one shot that's maybe comedic and maybe you have three four photos total that's terrible to be honest and that's not going to get you a lot of auditions uh and there's still quite a few people that are recommending that that i've seen that are like oh yeah just have four or five up and you're good i completely disagree with that um most of our actors the ones that are really done with their marketing materials probably have anywhere from maybe 10 to 25 photos up that's a pretty big range yeah uh but also in general the ones that have more up the ones and as long as they're good don't just have a lot up just to have a lot up they're really specific types so the ones that have like 15 to 20 specific types up they get the most audition so it's just data and again to be clear like greg said don't have like five of the same headshots which could all be for the same thing make sure that they're for different things and different shows and whatnot um but to give some clear examples of what proper branding is like if there's a breakdown that says you know we want a leather jacket bad boy cw kind of look you know we think of a guy like ian summerhalder for example he's obviously very aware of his branding as an actor i was thinking of you for that one but okay (laughs) and myself as well (laughs) and and then if you're looking for like it could also say you know like like our friend brad and we're going to greg's actor brad benedict has a very he's from georgia has a really country look you know so he's got that you know he's got a bunch of headshots of him looking like that southern matthew mcconaughey blonde all-american country guy but obviously i'm not gonna go for those type of roles those all-american looks because i look ethnically ambiguous and edgy and whatnot so i you would not go for, that you would might not go be, for the spanish country guy how about no <laughs> i'm just kidding uh anyway okay let's talk more about the branding so yes we need to, it needs to fit it needs to fit the breakdown but let's get more specific and i think People don't get specific enough. We have a whole PDF that we do with my management company where we literally have every actor fill in the PDF of exactly each shot that they're trying to get. And in general, that's up to five character types. Usually that's about what we're trying to get. So to give an example about my own um, PDF that I made back when I uh, did my last headshots, and I'm up for some new ones soon as well. 
Um, I play, for example, upscale businessman, upscale lawyer. Like I play a lot of upscale roles. So even thinking about a lawyer, like people will get a shot of a lawyer. But like the question is, what type of lawyer do you play? Are you a district attorney who represents the underdog who has no money? and makes 60K a year, 50K a year, 40K a year? Or are you the white-collared criminal lawyer who makes two, 300K a year and does maybe some shady things? Like right, that, that's, a, that's a good example, actually. Sorry to, um, mm-hmm. to just, just uh, go, butt in there. But uh, that's a good example. So if you think of the like breakdown of a district lawyer that's like struggling to get by, probably like can barely pay his bills, representing kind of the low end of the totem pole, let's say. So let's say that's the breakdown then that guy would look way different even clothes wise maybe he would his tie would be a little bit more untied for example because he's not so buttoned up and his expression would look different too it's and that's really important actually the clothes are important yes they're very important but the expressions are so important way too many times i see actors just basically doing a zoolander look or something we're just trying to look pretty and their best are you shots. saying blue steel in every shot is not appropriate uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, exactly. Well, that's news to me. Okay, well, that's why you're getting new headshots. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, and then um, so where was I before you got into the whole? You're talking about thing? the different looks. So essentially, the looks will come from what character thoughts you have. A exactly. Great- so it's it's like acting. It's it's basically like acting. I think sometimes people get into headshots, and they think it's a modeling shoot. It's not a modeling shoot. You're going there like you would do an audition. So let's go back to the example. If it's a district lawyer, th- that facial expression and what he would look like would maybe look a little beaten down weary maybe skeptical that think of how that looks and then compared to the let's say the guy from yep. suits harvey specter uh who's like I, I love that show that's why i'm bringing that up but so harvey specter let's say him who's like representing all these multi-millionaires billionaires he's very buttoned up very clean his hair is very slicked back and his expression just oozes Almost confidence. Confidence, even maybe condescending towards other people. Maybe uh, a little smirk because he knows how, he knows how, how good he is. That type of thing. So those are like, if you think of those two, you might be wearing the exact same outfit. Those are two completely different characters. So the question is, how do you find all the archetypes that you can play? For starters... Find out what your reps submit you as. That's one That's one way to go. But second, if you don't have reps yet, SAG has a bunch of great branding workshops which are designed to figure out this kind of stuff. Um, it's a, You have a, you get sheets of paper and right. other and people fill and, out and the it's adjectives. it's free. It's free, those shops. Yes. There's no excuse not to do those. We've had some of our actors do those. They're really good because it's obviously it's good to go with your reps and talk about it, but it's even better if you can get more feedback. You might even your rep might be like, "Oh, I didn't even think of that one. That's a good one to add." So when you go to these branding workshops, you'll get 10, 20 people saying what they see you as, and that's a huge help. And to expand on that as well, another option is to go to an image consultant. I know uh, I've I've worked with Buckley Samson in the past. I thought she was tremendous. She helps you literally shop for clothes to go with your looks and everything. And the third option, this is one is that one I've done as well, is to create a Google Sheet or like a, a Google questionnaire where you collect data from other people that know you. And the key is to get people that aren't your closest of friends and family because they know like it's it's more people like you want to have acquaintances do it because that's really like how casting will see you as that first impression. So mm-hmm. in the questionnaire, you can put things like what are the five adjectives you would best describe me as? 
Another one is what shows could you see me on? Uh, what kind of vocations like nurse or cop could you see me play? Mm-hmm. Um, what actor do I remind you of? What energetic, either energetically or physically? And so when they do the questionnaire, all that, when they answer it and submit it, when they submit the survey, it'll pop up into a Google Docs for you, like a Google spreadsheet. And just by data alone, you'll be able to see the adjectives that people see you as. So like for me, a big one that comes up is mysterious, for example. Now, for those that know me very closely, I'm not a very mysterious guy. Definitely not mysterious. No, I'm a lot of things, but, <laughs> but for those that don't know me well, acquaintance, they, they might think I might be a little aloof, and my look is, is kind of mysterious, so I go out for those kind of roles a lot. You're a very mysterious guy. Yes. All right, moving on. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> um, and so you'll have data to back up these things so that, because the truth is everybody thinks they're a leading man or a leading lady or whatever, right? And it's not to say that you can't play lead roles, even if, if, if you're a character actor, Andrew, all that kind of stuff. But everybody seems to, well, not a lot of people seem to be very open to what they're actually going to get cast as. And a lot of people are also against typecasting. Exactly. And I want to backtrack you a tiny bit there. Mm-hmm. Even with the leading man thing, talk about that, how there's even different types of leading men. Right. It's not just like, hey, I'm going to choose my leading man headshot. There's a lot of different type of well, leading men I th- or of women. Of course, and that all depends on who you are. So like Wolverine or you know um, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is a leading man, but he's kind of the anti-hero, the kind of broken down leading man. Mm-hmm. Then you have Henry Cavill as Superman, which is like the, the straight-laced all-American mm-hmm. leading man. Then you have the leading man that might start off as an, as evil. Then you have the leading man who is not always likable, doesn't do the right thing, but then yeah, you got and you got does. like the sarcastic, you know, like or maybe like a Chris Pratt type of leading man in uh, the Avengers thing. Um, so there's different brands of leading man, and that all depends on who you are as an actor, really. So even leading man is not specific. So I would get away from leading man and all that, and start to think of what specifically you could play. So right, so leaning leaning into your essence more. So for me. I have like different looks like um, one of it I called the Dark Prince look because I ha- tend to go out for period pieces and stuff like that. So I got kind of like an evil regal look that I added. I had a the Good Prince as well. I had like a Narcos detective look. Um, I had um, both with slick back hair and, and one that made me look a little younger like he may be up and coming. I had an upscale businessman slash lawyer. Um yeah, and so those, and and then we had, did have my what I call my main look and all that. Um, but even then, it like depending on the headshot photographer will determine what kind of shows you can submit that for. Um, I think I think that gives a good overview of the branding and, get, and getting that right. Just that you're doing more than most actors are doing. You're getting much more in depth. So this is already a huge plus and will help you so much with your headshots. But let's move on right now to actually picking the photographer for your type. So picking photographers, that's also an interesting one. For starters, I'm we're going to squash the notion that headshots are not important or that you can just have your friend do your shots. Yeah, please don't do that. Like uh, That's such a huge pet peeve of mine too is – don't get don't skimp on the headshots mm-hmm. like don't get your friends to it even if they're a good photographer or or they're actually doing it that's fine like maybe to get some fill-in shots maybe if you have to and and, maybe. The, and the funds aren't there for a professional but in general the one thing you shouldn't be skimping out on, on is the photographer like if you have to save a little bit longer do that skip starbucks for a month whatever it is get that money together drive always Uber, a way to do whatever it. you need to do like unless your friend is bjorn camaral or joanna the generous or something if your friend's bjorn or something then yeah feel, feel free to use your friend there 
So get a good photographer. Spend the money on it. It blows my mind that people will say you don't have to spend this much on headshots. Yes, you do. Because everything is digital nowadays and you want every leg up that you can. And trust me, good headshot photographers are worth their weight in gold and then some. It's an investment that you will reap rewards from years to come. Yeah, and think about think about that when you're paying it. Because most photographers that are good will probably be between the $400 and $700 range. Maybe even a little more. Sometimes a little more, but you can find good ones in that range for sure. But think of that. It's a lot of money, but think of it like this. If you pay five, 600 bucks and a year from now, let's say you book a series reg, then it's like, okay, you're taking 500 bucks to get 300, 500,000. Then it's the best investment you've ever made. And to, and to go to backtrack a little, how do you pick what photographer to go with? Well, I think it depends on two things. One, what are the types of roles that you go out for or that based on the branding surveys you've done and all the work you've done at the workshops that you tend to go for? And two, what shows are you really going for? So many actors will a lot of times schedule with two or three different photographers. Like Joanna DeGeneres, DeGeneres is known to do a lot of lighthearted stuff, comedy. Right. I, I, in general, prefer that people go with two photographers for sure because every photographer has their strength. Let's say, let's use Bjorn again. Uh, I think he's great. We have a bunch of people that go with him. Uh, but his are very dark, cinematic, and kind of like that type of background. You're not going to go to him to get your sitcom looks or your light and breezy girl next door looks. You're not going to go to him for those type of shots that's important to know so you would use someone else for that yeah and so what you'll do is you'll make a list of photographers and they're widely available and i'm sure we can bring out a list at some point too to help people out yeah i'm sure we'll interview maybe even a few uh, to even get more specific yep and uh and then you're gonna look at their website and you're gonna see what kind of stuff they go out for and does it match do they, do they have actors that are of your type do they have actors that are on the shows that you want to be on. And that's really your starting point. And so like if you play a lot of dark roles or like evil guys or whatever, you'll go with a darker cinematic look. If you're someone who's like the sitcom person or bubbly girl next door who wears the flower dresses, maybe you'll go with Joanna Generous or something like that. It really depends on your type. Now, let's say that you've found your photographers, one or two, or whatever. What is the next thing that happens then? So we, like Greg said, have people make, well, Greg has people make, I originally did this on my own and he ended up using it for his own actors, which was create a PDF that you send to your photographer beforehand. And the first thing that you'll do is you'll have your looks. You want to get your looks first. I ended up going with Bugly Samson to go shop for clothes. She was an image consultant that I used who was fantastic. And you go and buy your looks or, or put your looks together for the different types of roles that you picked out and the archetypes that you want to shoot. Now, after you've, done, you've got your looks, you'll take pictures of those looks, you'll put it in the PDF of, of you wearing the clothes, just with your iPhone, whatever. That's really important. And if you have reps, you should also be doing that with your reps. That's what we do. So what, when you take your photos, always take photos with your iPhone, have someone take them, whatever you do, even, even in the mirror, it doesn't really matter. And send those to your reps, reps so you can actually see what it looks like, so they can see it. Because once you, when you come up with something in your head, and then you see it, it might not be the same thing. You might be like, oh, actually, that color doesn't, isn't good for your type, actually. Let's try something else. And then after that, you have your looks and everything like that, and you've put pictures on the PDF, you're going to start looking at all these photographers' websites, and you're going to look at the backdrop that they have, and you're going to start to match your looks with the backdrops they have. 
again, and so what I do is I have the picture of the look that I have, and then I'll take a picture of another actor that is using that background, and I'll put them next to each other because that one I want to combine that outfit with that backdrop. Yeah, and that's super important. It's also important to shoot that PDF over or the Word document, whatever you're using, to the photographer before you do your shoot so that they can check on that and then you guys can get on the same page because they, A, they might come up with some good ideas. Yeah, we'll backtrack in a second. And uh, they might come up with some good ideas that we might add or they might say, actually, that color is not going to go good with any of my backdrops, or sh so let's choose another color that's better. Right, and to backtrack a little, continuing with the PDF, um, what I'll add on there too is a music list that I'll put with each look to kind of get me in that mood of that character. Um, you know, I love the Batman music, so if it's like a darker role, I might put some of the Batman music on. Um, I'll also write or copy and paste either a character breakdown that I've auditioned for that's similar to the look I'm doing, or I'll write my own character breakdown for that look as if it was on the breakdowns. I'll write next to it the five or six adjectives that I'm trying to convey with this look based on the data that was provided to me by all those surveys. I'll put next to it what shows I'm thinking about with this look. And then all of that will be in the PDF with each look. And I'll send that to the photographer. And photographers from everyone that I know that have done this and I've done, they've loved it because photographers... It's it's they love to collaborate. Yeah, and it's great because you're actually p finally putting a direction, or else they kind of have to guess. And don't forget, they don't have the breakdowns or anything, so they don't know what you're being submitted for. So they have to take stabs in the dark if you don't help them with this. So in general, they like to help with this, and it's just necessary. Like you need to do this with your reps or even by yourself, so that they know what direction you're trying to go. And to expand on it, like you can still leave room for spontaneity at the photo shoot, like photographers they love to really collaborate but they really love to get to capture your essence in the photo but and if you've done all this work beforehand they can do what they do best which is shoot amazing photos of you um but and at the same time you're going to be open to anything can happen at the at the, uh, at the photo shoot still like i did headshots a couple years ago with peter canerco he loved the pdf i sent and then and he also said hey why don't we try this look as well and see and, and we ended up getting a couple of great looks which i didn't plan on because i was still open to it so don't be rigid with it either but do let your photographer know that it's important for you to collaborate on it because no one's going to know your branding better than you do after you do all the branding work. Uh, and and it, like I said, every photographer that we've had so far has been super positive about it. If, if, if they feel like they don't want to do that, something to talk about with them. Yeah, exactly. Look, if they don't want to collaborate or they're seeing like they want to do it their way, then it's probably not the photographer to go with. In general, they, should, they are collaborative. I've rarely met one that isn't. Um, so d definitely do this. This will make a huge difference in your headshots. And again, something that vast majority of actors aren't doing. Let's move on to the last thing, the post-production. Tom, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Like, I I'll just say first that you don't want to edit too much. I've seen people edit too much and it just looks like fake. You don't want that. It still needs to look like you. The main thing, and you can expand on this, is that you want the eyes to pop. So if you don't edit too much or anything, at least make the eyes pop a little bit. That helps a lot. Yeah, just to expand upon that, I think it really comes down to just don't overtouch it. I mean, I've seen so many photos that were so widely overtouched. Like, if you get into the edition and you don't look like your photo, casting is not happy with that. So look like your photo. Own who you are. If there's a little bit of light retouching, okay, sure. 
Number one thing, though, is always think about how things look in the thumbnail. And what I mean by that is when casting is looking at who to bring into audition, they see a bunch of different thumbnails. They don't have the big photo up unless they click into it. So you want to make sure that your photo pops in the thumbnail. Yeah, that's that's really important because don't forget for even small roles, they're getting like 5,000 submissions, if not more. So they're scrolling through sometimes quicker. So make sure that your photo looks good in thumbnail. Even when you're selecting your photos and your rep hopefully is doing this as well, they should be looking at it the same size as the thumbnails. The worst is when people are looking at these huge photos and then selecting things because that's not how you're seeing it the majority of the time. Choose the ones that in the thumbnail look the best. And that's also why you want to have the eyes sharp and popping. So sometimes I'll even edit the eyes and I think, oh, did I make them pop too much in a normal photo? But then I realize they really stick out on the thumbnail. Make those eyes pop. Make the colors pop. Again, that's why it's so important that you have the proper background to go with. Um, just to make sure that 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 your your outfit's coordinated with the backdrop, so that it really pops off the screen. Again, we're looking to pop off the screen. That's really what you, with the thumbnail. That's always what we're going for. And Greg already went over the amount of photos to put up. Again, we're big fans of ten to twenty-five. Um, gives your reps options. Make sure that they're all really specific. Just make sure they're all really specific types, and the reps will be helping with that. If you don't have a rep, obviously then just choose the ones that are different characters. So if you can t explain each photo and be like, this is what this character is and this is what this character If there's no overlap, then it's a valid photo. Yep. And again, just make sure that when we look at the photo, we know exactly what type of role it is. If it's too ambiguous, it's going to be very hard to get additions with it. So that photo has to be the lawyer. That photo is going to yep. be as Specificity. that. Specificity. Like, don't make it. Don't make it like how it used to be, where one photo was used for twenty different roles. Everything has to be spoon-fed almost. Like you don't want casting having to use a lot of imagination. Not that they can't. They can. It's you got to think from their perspective. If you're looking through five thousand submissions per role, you're not going to use too much imagination. You don't have time. So the ones that have photos that are high quality that look better than most people's, and that are super specific are the ones that are going to get chosen. And to expand on that, also make your reps' life easier. It's not even just casting, but when reps are submitting you, they want to immediately see your role. They want to immediately be able to pick a photo that you have and, and match it up. They don't want to have to be like, I guess this role, is this photo kind of matches it and all that. Make it specific. Make your reps' life easier. Yep. Make your make casting's life easier, exactly. and I promise you'll work. And on, on the rep side, don't forget that don't go overboard either. Sometimes people will upload too many. It rarely happens. Usually the problem is not too, enough types. But once in a while, you'll have someone that puts way too many photos up. They'll have like 30, 40 photos up. And we're like so many of them look like the same thing. Or it's like like a barely noticeable difference that only if you open it huge that maybe you see a little bit of a difference. That's not good either because then you're actually making the rep's life harder yep. again. Because now I have to go through all your pictures. And on my end, I know I'm just going to delete a couple of those. And to kind of finish it off, um, well, actually, I lost my train of thought. So, what was I going to finish it off with? No, I, I think I think that covers everything. Is look at the end of the day, like headshots are at this point pretty much the most important marketing material yeah, that you have. So, to expand on that, don't let anybody tell you that headshots aren't that important. Like. Even to this day, we still see a lot of agents and managers be like, oh, headshots, just get like three or four or two good ones up and it's fine. Again, the industry has massively changed just in the last five years. Everything is going digital more and more by the year. 
You need every edge that you can get. So the old school way of thinking, maybe 70% of agents and managers might not have adjusted yet. Exactly. And, and keep that's going to keep changing, especially with things moving more electronically, moving re more remotely, more self-tapes, less personal relationships. And that keeps happening. Personal relationships are still important, obviously, but it's, it's becoming harder and harder to do. And especially now with how many casting directors there are. If, if you're in L.A., you could have three, four hundred different people that you'd have to reach out to to build relationships with. And I can tell you that there's no rep that exists that has good relationships with three, four hundred people here. So that's something to keep in mind. So your marketing materials are becoming more and more the number one thing and the headshots, the number one thing out of those marketing materials. I think that covers everything. Yep. So we'll see you guys next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on new episodes every week. Check out our show notes for our contact info and social media and hit us up with any questions you may have.